Hello, this is John Ryder. Uh, welcome to the latest edition of Park It Here. I'm here with Aaron Henry. I apologize in advance. I'm a little nasally today. Um, I've been struggling with a cold over the last couple of days, but uh, I think you'll be able to understand what I'm telling you. Um, today, the topic is Riverside, the Farnsley Mormon Landing. A couple weeks ago, we heard from uh, some of the staff and from Chef Michael Twitty at Historic Locust Grove. Uh, Locust Grove and Riverside are the two historic properties that Louisville Parks and Recreation operates. Uh, this year, we're going to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Riverside's uh, public ownership. There's going to be a lot of interesting activities on tap. And Aaron and I sat down recently with Bariba Dutrick, who is the chair of the nonprofit board at Riverside, the Farnsley Mormon Landing. Reba is a very well-known presence in Louisville. Uh, she's 87 years old. She told me she does a one sit-up every day for each year of her age, which I think is pretty impressive since I can't do uh, one sit-up barely. Um, and uh, Patty Lynn, who's been the site manager out at Riverside, the Farnsley Warmer Landing since the 1990s. We're going to talk a little bit about the history of the property, what's coming up there, and we'll do a little preview of the Family Kite Festival, which is coming up this Sunday, September the 16th. So uh, let's hear from Reba and Patty. All right, Reba, let's start with you. Uh, we know you've you've been around here for a long time and have seen a lot here. Um, I know you've been around for the 25 years uh, that we're talking about today. How did you uh, first get involved here at Riverside? Jefferson County bought the property in 1989. I live maybe a mile from here, so I've been involved since 1989. What are your favorite things about the property? The beauty. The river, I tell people there are plenty of wedding sites in Jefferson County, in and around us, but we have the river and no one else does. So it's, it's a perfect spot for any kind of activity you want to engage in. If you want to relax, we just recently bought a bevy of, of rocking chairs and you can come and sit on the porch and rock and watch the boats go by or the uh, just watch the river. You can enjoy yourself either busily or not. Which do you prefer? Since I'm so old, I prefer not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. You were telling me before we started taping that you do 88 sit-ups a day. You're 87 years old, is that correct? Right. So I couldn't even do 20 sit-ups, so that's pretty impressive. Um, Patty, how long have you been here at Riverside? I have been here since 1994. I was hired as the site manager, and the property had opened one year previously, so this year is our 25th anniversary of being open to the public. So what over? So you've been here basically since we, since we have taken it over, but how have things changed out here in 25 years? been quite a few changes. I mean, when the property first opened, the centerpiece was and remains the Farnsley Mormon House, which had just been restored in 1993, um, and the visitor center was open. But since that time, we've uh, added the detached kitchen, which has been reconstructed based on a lot of archaeological research. We started our whole public archaeology program soon after I started, and that is still going strong. We uh, built the open air pavilion here. We moved a chapel here mm -hmm. and then built a roadway to connect to it. And that chapel was renovated and it's primarily used for 
weddings and receptions today. And, it, and I know that there's a, this is, you mentioned it a little bit. It's a work, there's a working archeological digger, correct? And then correct. you also have partnered with the extension. Are you still partnering with the extension office? Oh, yeah, that partnership is really just getting started. So looking ahead, what do you see that partnership? How do you see that sort of, excuse a really terrible fun here, but uh, bearing fruit going mm -hmm. forward? Well, since they are tied to the University of Kentucky's School of Agriculture, it has a bigger fancier name, but that's the easy way to understand it. And they extend the School of Agriculture's work throughout the community. They can help us tell the story of historic farm life here more effectively, I think, with their expertise and their commitment to doing public outreach as well. And let's take, let's, let's go back to historically. Tell us, it could either be Reba or you, because I've heard you both talk about it. Um, tell us a little bit about the, the, the house, the, the Mormon family, uh, sort of the origins of this site. Okay. The centerpiece of the property is the 1837 Barnsley Mormon House, and it's named for two families that have the longest history with the property. So Gabriel Farnsley was the person who owned it when it was built in 1837, and he lived here until 1849 when he died. And then the second major owners were the Mormon family. That was their last name. And they actually had it in their family for 126 years. So the fourth generation of the Mormon family sold it to Jefferson County Fiscal Court um, for the purposes of both restoring it, but more importantly, sharing it with the public. I think one thing that people know about uh, this site, and it, it, every summer it hosts a number of events. The Ice Cream Social is in July. The Farm and Forage Day is in June. And now we've added a couple more things. There's a, a, is there a, there's a Halloween yeah, we have um, in the fall, we've partnered with the Dixie Area Business Association to do a Halloween trick-or-treat event. We partner with them to do an old-fashioned holiday festival in early December um, through Louisville Parks and Recreation. There's been a couple new events added to our calendar, too. Um, the Easter egg hunt in the early spring, and then the Family Kite Festival, which is coming up September 16th this year. Reba, what's your favorite event out of that list? I really enjoy being here and watching the kids with their trick-or-treat. We have hundreds of kids, and probably the, the most memorable thing about that occasion is that even though parents are in line with their kids waiting for the kids to get their treat, no parents get upset. <laughs> <laughs> and it's remarkable yeah. how well-behaved the kids are and how well-behaved the parents are. You know, it's funny. I was, I was walking through the, the entryway here, and I saw the, the placard on the wall there that lists all the people who volunteered here, and I saw your name was up there. Um, if, if you had to encourage anybody to volunteer out here, um, how would you tell them to get started, and what types of things could they do here? Oh my, well, we have a new volunteer coordinator now. She is an impressive young woman who has even started a volunteer newsletter. Mm -hmm. The beauty of the place is, is such that I think anyone would enjoy coming, but the things that they do, they help with tours, um, they help with mailings, they help. We have a rock band here <laughs> where the, the, the uh, volunteer paint rocks mm -hmm. and some of them are really artistic and then they're sold in the gift shop. 
it's just a, a fun place for people to spend time if they have extra time or if they want to do something that is important in the community. I've told people any number of times, we have 300 acre site here. We have three full-time employees. That includes Patty. And we could not function if we did not have volunteers. There is just no way that, uh, that a 300 acre site could be managed without volunteers. And is there a need for, I know there's a nonprofit foundation that you head up, I believe, right? Yes. Is there, is there a need for businesses, corporate support to, to be involved here still? Absolutely. Yes. We need all the financial help <laughs> and all the goodwill that we can garner. And go ahead, Patty. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, you know, this is an example of a public-private partnership in the best sense because... We're part of Louisville Parks and Recreation, but the nonprofit has existed since before the property opened to the public. And I like to tell people if their shorthand is they do all the icing on the cake. They fund all the educational programs we do. They support every public event that we do. They funded long-range planning efforts. They've, taken, they've spearheaded capital projects on the property. So it just wouldn't be here without that partnership that has existed since before it opened to the public. And Reba's been a great leader of that. So how do people get involved in that respect then, if, if they if they would like to? If, you, if there's a business out there that's listening that wants to get involved out here at Riverside, what should they do? Contact one of us. <laughs> that's The number here is, I can think of it off the top of my head, it's 502-935-6809. See? Uh, that's hey, what can I What can I say? I remember things. It's like a steel trap up there. So back to the property itself. What is your favorite season out here, Reba? My favorite season, mm -hmm. it would not be hot summertime. Yeah. Summertime always brought back freckles and lawnmowers <laughs> to me. <laughs> what about you, Patty? I like the fall. I mean, the, the temperature's comfortable. I like the fall colors and the, the, sea, the view here is pretty incredible any time of year, but the fall is probably my favorite time. You know, it's funny because I was thinking about the spring. Um, we're sitting here in the, in the, the what Patty calls the big room. It's a community room. It's a pretty large space. They have a lot of events in here, but seated behind us, there's, you know, a pretty decent sized field. And then there's the river. Um, but I remember back in the spring, there was some concern about flooding. Uh, was there any worry from your end about the water getting all the way up in here and creating some damage? Sure. There's always that concern because we are actually outside the flood wall mm -hmm. on the river side of the flood wall. That's why this is public property. Mm -hmm. Um, this year, it got within 60, 60 feet of this building. We're in the visitor center in the historic house, approximately. And so it was pretty close to the 1997 levels that we had. Um, it got a little bit higher that time around. So there was a lot of coming out here and keeping your fingers crossed, but you were looking at it every day, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we mentioned earlier that we're going to be celebrating our 25th anniversary out here. Um, I, I know there's a long list of events and things you've got planned, and you're going to be dedicating the open-air pavilion in, in uh, the memory of uh, former Mayor David Armstrong. Right. Can you tell me a little bit about what's going to take place this year? Yeah. On October 21st in particular, we're going to have an afternoon of events from 1 to 5 p.m., and we're reviving an event that we actually did for a few years when the property first opened. It's called Archaeology Day, so it's an opportunity to 
introduce the public to archaeology and all the things that we have learned from it here. So there'll be a lot of hands-on activities. You can connect with your inner Indiana Jones when you're out here. But um, on that day, we also want to commemorate that it's been 25 years since we opened to the public. And Dave Armstrong, our former county judge executive at the time this property opened, and then, of course, later uh, mayor of Louisville, was a huge part of this opening to the public. He really championed this project and helped make it happen. So um, we've invited his family and Mayor Fisher out here to, so that we can officially name our open-air pavilion, the David L. Armstrong Pavilion. I'm curious about the archaeological dig now that you mentioned it. I can't believe I didn't ask this earlier. What types of things have been found out there while uh, folks have been All kinds on that of dig? Things. Um, we are particularly interested. The house itself has survived since the 1830s. Of course, it's been restored. But the outbuildings that were all an important part of the whole farm operation are gone. So we're looking for all those outbuildings that used to exist and you know, what they looked like, um, what they were made from, how they were used, and really how people use the building is the story because it helps us tell more of the story of the property to learn about those buildings. And you guys are creating a book, I believe, that you've, uh, you've ordered, um, and it's on the way here, uh, that's commemorating the 25th anniversary. Uh, what will people see in that book? Well, it's called Riverside Beyond Folding Story, and it should be available, Falcos' plan, this October for that event. And it um, highlights some of the new things that we've learned about the history of the property over the last 25 years and kind of brings it up to, to today. Um, it is a hardback book, full color, about 160 pages and um, it'll probably retail for th about $30, and all proceeds will go back to supporting the mission of this property. So, Patty, you mentioned uh, the, the historic chapel that's here on site. That chapel was actually moved here, is that correct? That is correct. It used to be located at Dixie Highway and Bethany Lane, and the building dates to about 1888, and it was Bethany United Methodist Church's church there, built in, in the late 19th century on land that... Mormon, the Mormon family of the Farmsley Mormon House donated to the congregation. They were members there. And today there's a cracker barrel there. So that kind of tells you what happened. The congregation still exists, but they sold the land there at essentially the Greenbelt in Dixie Highway or Eugene Snyder in Dixie Highway. It's right where they come together. And um, they moved to a new location at the end of Mormon Road. And they approached us because they knew the family was was so involved in the congregation and had donated the land and they didn't want to see the chapel demolished. So we were able to work to raise the money through the nonprofit to move it here. That's interesting because I think we've talked about, you know, this is a historic site, but part of the mission of a historic site is historic preservation. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there were probably a few anxious moments as that chapel was being moved here, right? Yeah, it took 10 hours to move it here. We had to close down part of the green belt, did it on a Sunday afternoon. And um, let's put it on a flatbed truck. Yeah, they gigantic one. They, yeah, they didn't pull it with anything. They moved it along the way with these um, hydraulic dollies. So there were people with remote control devices walking with it that whole 10 hours. Man, it's yeah. cool. I, I need to get myself one of those. Um, <laughs> so one thing we talked about a little bit too is this the site here, the open air pavilion that will be named after former county judge executive, former Mayor Armstrong, um, in October. If you haven't been out here, it is a beautiful site for, for weddings and for other uh, celebrations. Uh, Reba mentioned, you mentioned that uh, you particularly enjoyed the site. What, have you been to a wedding out there before? Sure. 
And the side, as I've said before, is a labor of love for me. I'm here when Patty needs me. And by the way, I can't say enough about Patty's leadership. We work well together, but she is innovative, creative, and it's just a pleasure to be part of this of this site. Agree. I agree. It's a pleasure to be here, too, today and every day that I come here. One of my favorite places in our whole system, by far, easily. Good. That shows you have good taste. <laughs> That's right. I do have good taste. I, I like to think so. Other people might disagree. Thanks, Reba. Thanks, Patty. On Sunday, the September the 16th, 1 to 4 p.m. at Riverside is the Family Kite Festival. Uh, we'll have the Chicago Fire Kite team out there, stationary kites, stilt walkers, jugglers, face painting, food vendors, and more. Uh, that's 1 to 4 p.m. on Sunday, September the 16th. Um, one other thing to mention about the Kite Festival, by the way, if you've got a kid, if you're one of the first 300 kids that come out there that day, you will get a free kite. So bring the kids out there that day. And then on October 21st, uh, Patty alluded to this a little bit when we were talking, we'll be celebrating the 25th anniversary at Riverside with a commemoration of the uh, pavilion named after former Mayor Dave Armstrong, who was really a big supporter and booster of Riverside. Uh, Mayor Greg Fisher will be out there that day. Uh, promises to be a really good afternoon out there on October 21st. So, for Aaron, this is John Ryder. Uh, thanks for listening to Park It Here.